Happy Sunday, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Ask a Lawyer. I'm Kelly J. Lewis, and with me, as always, is Stephanie Hudson, the Executive Director of Oklahoma Indian Legal Services. How are you this morning, Stephanie? I am good, considering that I have been in my house for four weeks now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's yeah, I wasn't sick before I had to start staying home and now I'm horribly sick. Oh, no. Just with allergies, but still. (laughs) (laughs) I know the allergies are just horrible. We've got, you know, everybody worried about the coronavirus and now all the trees are starting to bud. So now everybody's sick and worried about coronavirus. So it's just this perfect storm of, uh, of worried about worried about being ill okay so and you guys live in Oklahoma City have you noticed people practicing a lot of social distancing or have you have I mean you guys I know you guys have pretty much stayed home so you really don't know who's been out and who's not but for those for those times that you have to make your emergency runs are you noticing that it's just kind of business as usual no, I'm noticing more social distancing now. I've had to make the, you know, the crazy walking dead runs for supplies and everything to the grocery stores. And the the first couple of weeks, the first, you know, week or so that we were quarantined, I would uh, go to the grocery store and just get this horrible anxiety because it was just cram packed full of people trying to buy whatever food they could get. And the, some of the, uh, aisles would be empty. I went to the Walmart neighborhood market one day and the cereal aisle was totally empty. <clears throat> the past two times that I've gone to the nearby super center here, the, they've got the, the fencing up now so that you can only go in one way and you can only come out one way. They are requiring people to stand six feet apart as you walk into the store and I'm noticing more social distancing now. Uh, I, I heard this morning I ran up to go get some milk real quick because we're almost out of milk. So I ran up there and uh, got in before it got busy and there weren't very many people there. I heard one of the workers telling another new worker, you know, try to stay six feet away from customers. But sometimes the customers will come rushing up to you looking for something. And he said, just to kind of remind them to keep back and you can answer their questions. So there, there's an effort here in the city for people to try to maintain those social distancing uh, distances. Okay, so let's talk about Kevin Stitz. Well, he really hasn't put out any kind of official proclamation or anything. He's really held off on that. And so now Trump is encouraging these governors to go ahead and start opening here in Oklahoma, I mean, we really haven't, well, and here in Chickasha, we, we've slowed down, but it hasn't been like a total shutdown like they're threatening. No, it And hasn't. I just think, and I, I just think if we open too soon, I think it's going to bring just another wave on. And we I don't agree. have adequate testing here in Oklahoma to really even oh, say whether no. we're suffering or not. No, no, there's there's not adequate testing for for whether you have 
the coronavirus right now, or there, there's also a blood test out there, I guess, that tests your antibodies to see if you've had it in the past, and there's not enough testing for that, and there's also not enough information out there as to whether the if you've had the coronavirus, if it makes you immune, you know, with normal flu season, um, if you get the flu, you're usually immune from future uh, strain, you know, that, that particular strain of the flu. But, you know, there's no testing out there whether, you know, those immunities are working or not. So it's, it's a very uneasy time right now for employers as to, should I open up? Should I not open up? Am I going to expose my workers? Am I going to expose my cousins, my customers? So it, it, it's very, it's a very difficult time because there's not a lot of guidance for employers about what to do in terms of opening. What would be some of the legal repercussions of opening too soon or because I mean the, the target date is April 30th, right? Everybody's supposed to stay uh, socially distant <laughs> till then. And yes. it's kind of like a wait and see, but we, I don't know. I'm just not comfortable with it right now. And I haven't been comfortable with this the whole time because we just really haven't observed a lot here in, in my little corner of Southwest Oklahoma. Exactly. Well, um, on uh, April 15th, Governor Stitt pushed back the open date from April 30th to May 6th, which looks like it's uh, it's a Wednesday. So, but um, that he issued that, and it's not so much an order. It's it's called a safer at home order, which is. It recommends that people who are susceptible to catching the coronavirus remain at home. So what what it's talking about is elderly and people who have suppressed immunity uh, issues. But as an as a employer myself, I'm concerned that it just doesn't seem to be just the elderly and the people with suppressed immune systems who are getting it. You're, you're seeing reports of people who were very healthy who are getting it and who are uh, having severe health issues because of it. So my concern for employers is, you know, if they require employers, employees to come in when it's very possible for them to work remotely, that, you know, they're, they're exposing their employees to a health risk that's unnecessary. That's, that's what I'm concerned about. Well, and, and you know, this is a, this would be a new area in terms of what are the legal repercussions of it? Um, you know, a lot of employers aren't able to provide proper health insurance for their employees. So, you know, how, how do they deal deal with uh, an employee who gets sick because they were required to come to work? Well, and how do you justify that to yourself? Like I'm, yes. I'm ready to get back in the studio as fast as yeah. I can, because this is, yeah. a, it's a lot different what we do not being across the table from the other damn Indian. It, yes. it, it, does, it does affect our show. It affects our banter. Uh -huh. 
it affects yep. the things that we can do in the sweatshop and it, and our other ventures uh, that we film and, and do. So it, it, it does matter. But I'm not willing to risk myself or Thomas's family or your family or because we all come, we're nobody, I'm the only one here in Chickasha. Everybody yeah. comes to me. And yeah. so doing this this way, it, it does show what can be done remotely and what can be done, what needs to be done at the office. However, yes. I think a lot of employers are worried about employee productivity when they're not at the office. Yes, that, that, and that's a big issue. Um, it, it's hard to monitor employees when they're working from home. Uh, what what we do in our office is we have two video call meetings a week and everybody's required to be on that video call unless you are in another meeting. And there, there's just a tremendous number of video meetings that are going on right now uh, in the legal community. But um, uh, what we do is everybody's required to be on that video call twice a week. We go over what everybody's been working on. Uh, we have uh, two of our employees who monitor what we, we have a case management system and we have two employees who monitor what work is being done on that case management system. So we've got a little bit more sophisticated way of keeping track of what our employers are doing, uh, employees are doing, but other, you know, small businesses, they, there's not an easy way for them to keep track of what their employees are doing. So, uh, you know, on top of businesses not being able to be in the office in order to get their work done, there's a concern about produ productivity not uh, being as much as it would be in the office. You know, keeping track of people who are at home. And, and I, I fully sympathize with employees who are at home with children. <laughs> I can't even imagine trying to take care of my work and trying to work with a toddler or a grade school student and keeping them occupied at the same time. Uh, that That's just, you know... Uh, uh, hard to deal with and and I take it that into account with my employees who are having to be at home with their children <laughs> they're not going to be as productive I understand that but you know it, it's this this pandemic has put a lot of stress on the economy and on small businesses and it how employers are going to come back to work. There's so many things that they're going to have to take into consideration. I was listening to an interview this morning from an economic expert, and he said until there's a way to test people, employers may need to have rotating shifts of employees, and those employees are only around those other employees, you know, I thought you've got a Monday shift of people who come in, they come in on Monday and Wednesday, you've got a Tuesday, Thursday shift of people who come in, and they don't interact with the Monday, Wednesday crew who comes in. So, oh my gosh, this is, it's, it's unreal trying to figure out the logistics of everything. There is this coalition of these boutique owners here in Chickasha. I guess they have banded together so they can 
open their boutiques their couple of hours a week. Yeah. But is that too soon? I mean, they're doing pre-orders and everything. And, hey, I, I like that. I think that's that's good business right there. But, I mean, we're, we're still a few weeks out from this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. I, you know, I, I really do think that it, it is a good idea for small businesses to, if, if at all possible, you know, take it. I, I hope that businesses have taken advantage of the PPP, the payroll protection plan. Um, I, I heard this morning on the news that some people are calling for uh, another PPP to be released, the payroll protection plan, because it's it's running out of money, apparently. So I, I hope that there's another way Um if businesses can just do online for right now, the, the graphs that I've seen is, you know, by, by June, if people can keep social distancing, the it, it's, it's going to kind of peter out by June. But I know that there, there are groups out there that want to kind of ignore what the, the health risks are. Okay, yesterday. My house, we live near Penn Square Mall here in Oklahoma City, and around one o'clock or so, the news helicopter started flying over our house. And so, of course, you know, being the being the Indians that we are, we we're running out on our front porch going, what's going on? What's going on? You know, there could be an escaped criminal, which we have had run through our backyard before. And uh, it could be an escaped criminal. And we're out there on our back porch wondering what's going on and stuff. So we look at the news and there's a big protest going on for uh, the sovereign citizens. Uh, our want in the sovereign citizens are a group of people who don't like uh, government intervention in their personal lives. And they had gathered at Penn Square Mall and they were all standing in a group, probably about a hundred people all standing uh, in a group very close to each other, not practicing social distancing. And they were uh, going to do a drive from Penn Square Mall over to the Capitol and drive around the Capitol in order to get Governor Stitzer attention to open up businesses again well <laughs> i you know i know that people want to get government want to uh get businesses open again but i, I just don't think it's the the best time right now at the end of april uh, you know my office is going to stay closed until may 6th like governor stitt has uh requested businesses to do I'm doing my best just to follow all of the guidelines. I mean, and, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. we're, we're a small staff. It's Thomas uh -huh. and I in the studio. And, mm -hmm. you know, if if either of us were going to get sick, we probably would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. And that would yeah. have already rippled out to our families. However, right. um, you know, we both got really sick in December. Really yeah. sick. Uh -huh. And, like, missing work, which is something mm -hmm. that we very rarely do. And that happened so to me in I February. wonder if we already had that before they mm -hmm. knew what it was. I wonder that too, because my husband and I got very sick in February. We had gone up to the emergency room because he was having a um, issue with breathing. 
and we went up to the emergency room in February and uh, they couldn't diagnose what was wrong with him. And this was early February and we wound up coming home. And then uh, a couple of days later, I got very sick with not being able to breathe very well. And I, you know, I look back and wonder, did we, did we catch this or not? So were we, did we catch it? And it's possible you and Thomas had it back in December. Nobody knows. I think that's the scary part of what's going on right now is nobody knows what, what, who has this and who doesn't have it. And that's where the lack of testing really causes problems. And, and that's where it causes problems for employers about when should I open and when should I not open is the, the unknown and I, I get people and uh, like these small businesses and everything wanting to open now, 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 because the stimulus checks have hit the bank, are starting to hit the bank. I accounts. know. And you know what? I, know. I think it's really tacky just to come out and say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you got yeah. your stimulus check. Now get out here and spend money in my store. I know. It's what, like, the- <laughs> well, that stimulus money is supposed to be helping for rent and, for rent, you know, for rent. those, mm-hmm. those kinds of things like that. I don't. Yeah. And, and Hey, I know people are going to treat themselves as they should, mm-hmm. but it's just, it just seems to be too soon. And what I, I don't know what the reaper, the legal repercussions would be if you opened your business too early to the public. And we get another wave. I mean, is that going to pinpoint those businesses that opened early? I mean, would that be a rational way of looking at that? A logical way? If I were an attorney, it would be. <laughs> you know, if you could pinpoint it, you know, that, that's part of the problem is you can't pinpoint it. But, so, you know, sometimes you can pinpoint exactly when you got it. You know, I was I was in this store and this person sneezed on me or coughed on me. And, um, after that, you know, two days later I was, I was sick and, you know, sometimes you can, and, um, you know, I, I know some businesses, what their plan is, is, you know, to only allow so many people in, you know, follow the social distancing guidelines, you know, to require, uh, people to wipe down their basket and, and such like that. Uh, you know, if, if somebody chooses to open their business, I, I think that they have to, they have to make an effort to follow the guidelines that the CDC has on, has out right now, um, you know, to you know, maintain social distancing, to offer disinfectant wipes and such. They're going to have to do that in order to, in order to, yeah, I, I hate to say reduce their liability, but to protect the public. Let, let's just put it that way. In order to protect the public, they have a they have, you know, if not a legal obligation, they have a moral obligation. Well, and so as an employer and and understanding um and, and I think I think on the other side of this too, I think employees are ready to get back into the workplace. I think, I think employees point, I think, are very I think that's much true too. ready to get but back. But I think that this this whole thing is going to make kind of, I want to say force employers, but make employers take a really serious look 
about who needs to be in the office and who doesn't. Yes. And hey, yes. my kid's sick. Can I work from home today? Yes. yes. Kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's definitely something that we're going to change in our office. If somebody has a sick child, we have the ability for that person to work from home now. We didn't we didn't before, but we, we do now. So anytime that anybody is is feeling sick, if their children are sick, they're staying home. We're we're going to institute that into our policy. Is um, there, there's going to be a work at home policy if your if your children if you or your children are running a fever. I think that that's a great place to start. And I think that uh-huh. I, I think businesses, especially smaller businesses, even though it's really tough to look past that bottom line, it is, I'm there. I know, Oh, yes. I know that, but we, it's like you said, we still have a moral responsibility to our employees, to our communities mm-hmm. where we are. And to really take those precautions and, and take them seriously. And, and it's like I said, yes. I get it. I want, I'd love to go shopping at these boutiques here. I would yes. love it. There's there, one of them has a dress, but it's not part of the coalition, but that one yes. has a dress in there. It's in the window and it's taunting me. I know I want to get out and <laughs> shop too. I do, but I not get my risking somebody's health. <laughs> yeah. I know I was looking at my toes the other day and thought I want my pedicure (laughs) yeah uh Thomas and I had a segment earlier on this earlier this week on the show uh talking about Kevin Stitt's eyebrows you should really check it out because yeah and just me I you know that they're like those antennas like when he like his facial expressions change it looks like little grasshopper antennas anyway I digress <laughs> sorry <laughs> back to ask a lawyer <laughs> but I, that, but that but okay let's talk about that though Kevin Stitt is bringing um beauticians and his stylists in and he's not wearing a mask but they have to wear masks and take precautions yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean and that's what I say too hey man if it's okay to get your due did like my eyebrows are rapidly growing together (laughs) as yours would too. So let me get, let me have two brows too, please. I know. I I am missing the the uh, definitely missing the pedicure and uh, getting some uh, eyebrow plucking done. Yes. (laughs) And and, you know, and we're so bougie. We don't even realize how I never, well, I do know how lazy I am, but Especially now I'm like, oh my God, am I going to have to pluck like, ah, forgetting, forgetting all those years that I had to pluck. And that was just the necessity of it before I discovered the wonders of waxing. But you know, and it's well, like, I, said, you know, I, I want this stuff too. I want to be able to get out and do all yeah. these things too. It just makes me really leery to do it too soon. Yes. And, you know, I, I don't think it's helpful when our, um, you know, when the governor, when he kind of skates the line, you know, he, <laughs> it was his, his hairstylist that posted on social media that she was giving him a haircut. And then all of the beauticians got mad because they're, they are giving up their livelihoods yes. right now. 
they're giving up their livelihoods. And I, I, I really feel like he was, you know, skating the line and, and saying, well, that's part of the communications business and communications is an essential business and such. And, yeah, that, that just doesn't set a good example for continuing the social distancing. So, you know, it, it, it's, it was a, a, a thin legal line that they were skating on there with that. Okay, I, two things. Number one, the uh, head of the Oklahoma Cosmetology Board was like, hey, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. If, if these people are being able to get out because he, because they're servicing the governor, you yeah. know, th- these other folks yeah. should be, should deserve to work too. And yeah, if we're going to exactly. use that excuse of, com- Oh, it's communications and it's just business. Listen, all you folks that do our shows on talk jive, <laughs> we're making yeah. our appointments this week. <laughs> I know because y'all are communications and your essential services. So. so it's like I said, I'm extending mm-hmm. that to everybody. So call your person and tell them we're doing a photo shoot. <laughs> I need my toes done. Exactly. Like, I don't care. It's a photo shoot. We, we have to I have know, this done. put you under essential services. Exactly. Communication, essential services. Mm-hmm. Bring on the hot wax and the clippers. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So in these last couple of minutes, Let's talk about really the guidelines that employers have to consider before deciding to go ahead and completely throw their doors back open. I think what they need to do is employers really do need to read the CDC guidelines, the Center for Disease Control. They have put out guidelines uh, for the general public in terms of being safe out in the public. And the, the, primary, the primary guideline is the social distancing. So what employers need to do is they need to protect their employees. So uh, I, I really do believe that there should be a, a written policy that says that while the CDC guidelines are in place, that you know this this is as far as you can be from other employees. Um, I, I also think that you know they need to make sure that they're uh, encouraging their employees to wash their hands. I was in um, the Sprouts grocery store the other day because it seems like it's a smaller store and less people are in there and such. And um, they they would announce, uh, okay, 15 minutes has gone past. We need all employees to go wash their hands right now. So uh, those are the two things that I think that uh, employers should follow is the CDC guidelines say that you need to maintain social distancing and then they're, you know, asking people to wash their hands frequently. So that that's what what I would suggest that employers do once they open up is follow those guidelines. And I don't see anything wrong with gradually doing that, like having. Yes limited hours right at first and just like you said rotating your staff if you are going to be open uh full-time and just say hey okay this is the monday group this is the tuesday group Uh this is this is just when we how we've got to do this for now and Uh i mean i think there are ways but i think that Mm -hmm. we have to really err on the side of caution here 
and not do this too quickly because we still don't even know how it's affected mm-hmm. us here in Oklahoma. We don't know. No, no, it's it's not it's not fully come to Oklahoma yet. You know, sadly, what it looks like it's affecting the nursing homes. And uh, people go to visit their relatives at the nursing homes and then they bring it back home. So Or take it to them. And, you know, mm. a- across the country, that's where we've seen, like in Washington and California and New York, that's where it started was in their nursing homes. Exactly. That's where the numbers mm-hmm. really started to increase. So, I uh-huh. mean, maybe we are the second wave here in I Oklahoma know. because we just... I worry about that. I really worry about that. And, you know, Binger Nursing Home here in Caddo mm-hmm. County is, I know is seeing a great increase in the number mm-hmm. of positive tests. Mangum. Mangum is another one. It, you know, it's not in Indian country, but it's adjacent to Kiowa County. And they, they had, uh, you know, 48 cases there in that county. Unbelievable. And that's mm-hmm. such a small town. It's a very small town to have 48 cases of COVID. Do they even have 48 people in Mango? I know, that's what I thought. I mean, (laughs) that is a very small town, and that is a large number per capita for that town. It is. Wow. uh, Did you know that where that started was, was that the first person who died in Oklahoma, he was an evangelist, and he had gone down to uh, Mango, and he had done uh, a revival. And that's, that's how they got infected. Oh my gosh. Well, we're going to have to talk about that next week because I really do want to talk about, um, legal repercussions for the churches and for religious institutions, um, because Mm -hmm. we don't know. And that's a great point. And we're going to end it there. Thank you so much, everyone for tuning in. Don't forget if you have a question, you can send those to info at talkjive.org, or you can get on our social media platforms and present your questions there. We'll pass them on to the good folks at Oklahoma Indian Legal Services, and they'll answer your questions each week. If you missed any of our past episodes, you can catch up with those wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, we don't ever take anything down. So you can scroll right through there and uh, get all kinds of wonderful information. I'm Kelly J. Lewis with Stephanie Hudson, Executive Director of Oklahoma Indian Legal Services. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you back next week. Have a great day.